You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the Speeds and Spittin' Statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic on the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet, Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spitting Statistician, a.k.a. The Stable Genius and Vocal Minority. And welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Sports Grid Network, episode 404, the 404th convening of the Stats Overbeat Cypher. We got to look back at week four. Fours are wild, yo. Week four takeaways, episode 404. And some of y'all teams are trying to get to 4 and in your quest to win your league and win that cash and we're going to help you out you know we're going to we're going to look at the waiver wire see who are diamonds out there on the waiver wire who are some fugazis that you in fact need to forget about we'll tell you what speed's got right we'll tell you what speed's got wrong i'll give you my biggest takeaways from the week that was and then we'll look forward to monday night football okay when we have the cincinnati Bengals and i guess remnants of the pittsburgh steelers i'll give you some prop bets i'll give you some things oh by the way on Thursday, uh, my number one prop bet that I gave you before Thursday Night Football was take all the overs with Devontae Adams, if you remember correctly. Um, hopefully, you won some money with that. But I digress. Let's get into it. We got a poll question up as well, and I think it's a very interesting one. Real Deal Stats Over Beat Cypher fans know that I've been saying that like early in the season when I put polls out, then we look back on them later, and the Stats Over Beat Cypher was like, there's a reason to fade the public. So let's test this out. Who do you believe in to win the NFC North these days? I mean, look at these teams, okay? You got right now, you got the Green Bay Packers at 3-1, and one, but they look like I could run on them on Thursday night football. So, and the developing offense with Matt LaFleur, do you believe in them? I told you they're my pick, but I'm hearing a lot of other stuff, right? What about the, what about the 3-1 and one Bears? What about the 3-1 and one Bears who got a victory and almost shut out Minnesota yesterday? but lost their quarterback for a time. What about the Detroit Lions at 2-1-1 who, listen, look good in my opinion. You have to start considering Detroit. Okay, you have to start considering them as like a legitimate team that can, you know, compete with everybody out there. They're building a culture out there. And then there is Minnesota, who is two and two. A lot of people like the Vikings going into the season. Have you seen something at this point after four games, a quarter of the season, to make you want to jump ship? I'll give you a quote. From an all-pro, a pro bowl person on Minnesota that may give you cause for pause a little bit later on in the show. But I got to tell you, people, week four, the public got crushed. Going into Sunday night, only two home teams won. You know how much I love the home teams, right? Only two home teams won yesterday during the day, not counting the Saints, right? Those were the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. There were road teams left and right that went in and got the job done. And listen, a lot of people were off, okay? Tennessee goes into Atlanta and wins. Oakland goes into Indy and wins. Tampa Bay goes into Los Angeles and wins. Cleveland goes into Baltimore and wins, right? Carolina goes into Houston and wins. I'm telling you, just when everybody thought they had their narratives formed, right? I, I, 
It's not that way just yet. I told you to exercise patience. I told you that what some of these teams were doing, they were doing against different kind of competition. What was real, what was not. I say patience. And I say we really want to see who these teams are. And I think yesterday was a great reminder to people left and right. That you got to take it all and step back in a comprehensive picture. You can't just be so reactionary to what you saw in one week. I tell people on Patreon, on Twitter, in the chat room, and boy, did that play out yesterday. If you had some people even in, you know, survivor settings. I know a lot of people who had the Rams, the Colts, and survivor settings. I know a lot of people who had those teams and parlays and teasers, okay? You got to step back and see the narratives truly form. Uh, another thing, remember I'm, I'm doing the count? We've had eight teams going into last week that have had more than one quarterback. Well, it's now up to 11. Three teams also got another quarterback involved, okay? Josh Allen went down with a head injury. The New England, by the way, I think that was dirty. Um, Mitchell Trubisky goes down. He's got what they're saying is a dislocated shoulder and a slight tear of his labrum. Keep an eye out on that. They're going to try and sneak him past the London game against Oakland next week. Then they have a bye. I'm telling you right now, I'm worried this is going to be something like Cam, where they say, oh, we'll see, it's week to week, but then they, boom, on Monday, be like, yeah, he ain't coming back this week. And we see next week. So we'll see with Trubisky. And, of course, Dwayne Haskins got his first action uh, yesterday as well. I don't know if you're a Washington football team fan, if you are uh, happy with what you saw, thinking that that is the future. There are other, you know, injuries. Listen, football is a violent game. And here's the thing. On Thursday night, and we're going to go all the way back to Thursday, right, because we haven't spoken since then, all from takeaways from what I got right, what I got wrong, all that stuff. But when two people get backboarded and carted out, you know, you can see it is an incredibly violent game. Devontae Adams with a toe. Jamal Williams just cleared from the hospital. We said about Allen and Trubisky. Listen, there's other people that are out. Kenny Stills with a hamstring. TJ Hawkinson trying to hurdle someone, which is like the new move these days. Defenders are getting hip to it. TJ Hawkinson with a head and neck injury, okay? And then there's some other stuff that is just kind of, you know... We need to talk about a little bit because they're not necessarily full-on injury notes. They're injury notes with some interesting context. So we're going to do those. We'll give you my takeaways, what speeds got right and wrong. We'll turn the page forward looking at waiver wires at every position. Who's a diamond of Fugazi? We'll answer your questions. We'll look at the stats over Beats League. We got a new first-place team, and the Cypher should be happy about it. And uh, we'll talk Thursday night, uh, Monday Night Football as well, okay? Episode 404, Dilly Dilly. Come on right back. Back. Dilly dilly, this Bud Knight Platinum thing is a problem. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back. Omaha, yes, oh my god. I used to I, I renamed a fantasy football team once that had Peyton Manning as my quarterback. Omaha, yes, oh my God. When it used to be like Omaha at the line. And of course, give a big shout out to Tribe Call Quest. Big shout out to the stats over beat cipher. Yeah. Yeah, let that bump until we get taken off of YouTube, Danny. I don't know how many seconds it is, you know what I'm saying? Omaha, yes, oh my God. Um there's some great lines from that song, but that's another time for another day. Um check it out. Uh, you guys heard in the commercial there, uh, me and Joe Ranieri talking this, this morning about a, cer- a certain prop bet. 
that I put out there as a lock that my homegirl Jennifer Henderson, Real Deal Stats Over Beats member, said she hoped it didn't happen, but I told her I hope you bet it because it's going to happen. We'll talk about, and I'll give you some visual proof of what I was talking about a little bit later on in the show. Um, oh, Jilly, don't be, don't be, don't be uh, grossed out. But in any event, in any event, all right. So let's get into that. We got some other injuries. People in the chat room are also noting Christian Kirk wide out from the Arizona Cardinals. He got banged up. He's got an ankle. Uh, Kingsbury's talking about. We'll see. And remember, guys, I'm not back until Thursday, right? You see the practice reports on Wednesday. Then you see how it is trending. Are they upgraded from limited to full or from DNP to limited or vice versa? That's the way you look at it. Also want to let you guys know, uh, Jay Gruden has, quote-unquote, supreme confidence in Colt McCoy. For week five, apparently, Colt McCoy is healthy, and he may be the guy who becomes, you know, the sacrificial lamb uh, for their game. Because, by the way, they play the New England Patriots next week. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, week six, Washington versus Miami. Yeah, it's in Miami. Miami has a bye week five. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take Miami. I'm going to take Miami week six against the Washington football team in Miami. I'll lay the points. I don't care. That's the one. But I digress. In any event, also, um, listen, Sam Darnold has been cleared for non-contact drills, okay? But the team is saying that he's like a little bit lighter than they thought. He was a little bit slower to get starting running and lifting and, quite frankly, getting out of bed. So this idea where he's talking about he wants to be back for week five, that ain't happening, people, all right? Also, you know who might be back? You heard this week, Jay Ajayi has said he is 100% coming back an ACL injury. He's letting all 32 teams know. I think there's a value for him. I told you, listen, I know Wayne Gallman looked good, put it in my eye, but the Giants could use him. Uh, Green Bay just lost Jamal Williams. They could use him. Atlanta seems to be able to need, maybe need a running back, right? So I think there will be a market for Jay Ajayi. Interesting stats if you're in an incredibly deep league. And people are saying in the chat room, uh, Vontez Perfect looks like he's facing a year-long suspension for his hit on Jack Doyle. And I got to tell you something. I'm fine with that. But if you're going to do that, then y'all need to look at the hit that the Patriots put on Josh Allen, okay? Because that did not look kosher to me. And, uh, you know, I'm not even here talking to Gabe Morency, the Bills fan. But I digress. Listen, my main narrative from week four is that every team has their flaws. Every team is flawed. There is no perfect team in the NFL. There is no dominant team in the NFL. Every team is without his flaws, and some of them were exposed yesterday and over the course of the last couple of weeks. Here's the catch, though. If I'm looking at teams that I think can go the route, because in the playoffs they always say your flaws are what gets exposed. I'm looking for teams that can win even when they don't bring their A game. And you know what? I saw that from some teams yesterday, okay? I saw New England in a tough road game, and you got to give the Bills credit. It's a tough road game. I saw their special teams come up big with a touchdown. The Kansas City Chiefs, I saw return a fumble for 100 yards for a touchdown on a day when Patty Mahomes didn't throw for a touchdown, and their defense gave up 30. I saw the New, Eng the New Orleans Saints okay, get clutch field goals for Will Lutz, which he's been doing all season long, and actually manage a game and have that defense cause fumbles from two Hall of Famers on the other side of the ball. I'm talking about Jason Witten and likely Zeke Elliott as well. But here's the thing. You talk about some of these other contenders. With the Rams, I don't know if Jared Goff is that dude. I don't know why everyone... Why did they give Jared Goff $110, $130 million? Is he really worth it? 
Do they really? Is that deal going to look good? In f- I think he could be an issue for them. He was missing open receivers yesterday. All right, for the for deep for Green Bay for Baltimore, their defense have been exposed in the last couple of weeks. I was high on this Green Bay defense. I still like the secondary, but you can run on Green Bay. We saw Philly do that. You, this Baltimore team got eviscerated yesterday defensively. All right, what do you want to tell me about Chicago as a team, Pittsburgh as a team, Jacksonville as a team with quarterback injuries? I'll tell you what narratives I believe you can form. There's one forming about the Minnesota Vikings that I'm telling you that I think has implications for your fantasy teams. All right? Um, Minnesota is going to be a run-heavy team this year, guys. It's going to be last year like Dallas and like Seattle. And you know how last year in Dallas and Seattle I was not on Tyler Lockett? I was not on Michael Gallup and guys like that. Minnesota wants to run the ball. Kirk Cousins went 27 of 36 yesterday, but that was because they were down big. In games, the way they want to play in weeks one through three, he had eight completions, 14 completions. And now listen to what Adam Thielen, he's got a Thielen. Listen to what he's saying. All right. Uh, he said after the embarrassing loss to Chicago, quote, at some point, you're not going to be able to run the ball for 180 yards, even if we do have one of the best backs in the NFL. That's when you have to be able to throw the ball. Okay. He then says you have to be able to make plays. You have to be able to hit the deep balls. You have to do that. People are thinking, listen, if he's talking and chirping and he's already the higher kind of targeted guy, uh, can you digs it? I think I know he had a good game yesterday. I would sell. Because he had the good game yesterday, he had a big play, but I think what we saw the first three weeks are really closer to what we're going to see on Stephon Diggs. Also, um, with these new quarterbacks, they're going to regress to the mean. I mean, Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, Kyle Allen, and Teddy Bridgewater are now 8-0 as starters so far, okay? Where are these narratives really forming? And remember when I said that all these teams have flaws? I've mentioned two things consistently and a couple of teams consistently that fall prey to this. The offensive line continues to be a problem for some key teams, okay? The Houston Texans had six sacks on Deshaun Watson yesterday. They continue to not be able to protect him. I don't care if they traded for Laramie Tunsil and used their first-round pick on a guy. Six sacks. It ain't going to work. We see DeAndre Hopkins still, you know, you know, borderline Fugazi right now, and it's because Deshaun Watson has no... No time. Uh, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins got sacked six times. That offensive line continues to be a problem, in my opinion. They cannot give him time. It's been years. Oh, and by the way, the Atlanta Falcons, they gave up five sacks. This is a team that if they can't protect Matt Ryan, he is not mobile. It don't matter if you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. If, if you cannot protect Matt Ryan, and I know they invested two First-round picks on that this year, but guess what? Both of them are banged up. One of them's already on IR. Okay, the Rams had 13 penalties yesterday. Washington had 12 penalties. This is some sloppy play, bad O-line play, and that ain't going to change. So with all that context, I ask you, who do you trust in the NFC North? That is the poll question up. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's talk about some of the things that I got right, some of the things I got wrong, all right? I told y'all about the patience on Devontae Adams. I said he was going to have a game like Mike Evans did, and boy, I didn't know he was going to have the exact same yardage total of 180 yards. I'd say Speed's got that, and the prop bet's absolutely right. Um, I also told you guys last week on the waiver wire, free Ronald Jones. I told you that Peyton Barber was just a guy, and I told you that over time, Rojo would be getting more carries. Well, Rojo, 19 carries, 70 yards, and a touchdown compared to 9 carries, 19 yards for 
Peyton Barber, Rojo, Ronald Jones is someone that if you should check the waiver wire, if he's not there, I told you last week, I'll tell you again. I got some other things right. I got some other things wrong. We'll talk about him on the other side of the break. Then we'll talk waiver wire. We'll talk about the stats over Beats League and Monday Night Football. We got some stuff to do. I hope Danny is ready with some drops and some pictures, and we'll take your calls if we have some time at the end of the show as well. I got to acknowledge something, though. You heard on a com- on a commercial also that uh, I thought this could be the week that Miami covered. Yeah, I was wrong, but I'm going to go back to the well now because they are coming off then have a bye week five, and then they have that Washington football team. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for that team. I don't know who will be the head coach for that team come week six, but they both might be dead men walking. Look at it now if you can. Miami gets it done week six. Come on back. I'll tell you what else I got right and wrong, and I'll tell you how to spin it forward on the waiver wire so you can win your leagues and win that cash. Episode 404, Dilly Dilly. Vamos, coño. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hold it now. Welcome back. Episode 404 of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on Sports Grid, representing the stats over beat Cypher with the boy, the spitting statistician. I just texted, by the way, my man, the closer, Chris Ventura. I texted him, free Rojo. And he was like, yeah, you know that boy. Free that boy. That's what's up. Hey, um, strong style in the chat room. I completely agree with you. You've heard me talk about this for months, if not years. The idea of what is pass interference these days is absolutely ridiculous. I think that I told you when they were... Deciding that they could replay this, this was going to be a very slippery slope. And uh, I'd say it's turned out that way from what is a catch to what is a tackle to what is necessary roughness to what is a domestic violence suspension to what is pass interference. We have no effing clue, and that is the league's problem. All right, Um, some things I got wrong, though, before two other things that I got right. All right, I told you about Dolphins. I'm telling you, their next game, though, they're getting a W week six home against Washington. Um. I told Java that I wasn't going to buy into the Will Disley hype, and at this point, it's for real. I did say that when Seattle made that trade of Nick Vanette, that it looked like it was more uh, that they believed in him, right? But he had another good game, 7 for 57 with another touchdown. He's performing as tight end 5 so far this year, and I think it's real. I think it's more sustainable than I used to. So, um, you know, go ahead and look for Will Disley. He is still available in about 10 or 15% of leagues. I'll check on that a little bit later wrong. I was wrong also on these Browns and Ravens. I thought the Browns were hearing the noise. I thought they were going to lay an egg. I thought the Ravens were the real deal. Baker only got sacked once by this uh, Baltimore defense. And, you know, this Baltimore defense, who I've been riding with, gave up 530 yards and a 40-burger. I was wrong on that game. Although Sunday morning I did say that that game over was one of my plays. So, you know, even when you get something wrong, you still kind of get something right. And I got to tell you something. The team I am probably the most wrong on or have been the most wrong on so far this season, and I got to acknowledge it, is the damn Atlanta Falcons. Listen, I was talking about them, you know, the 13 home games. I thought when Drew Brees went down that they had the inside track on the division. They, I can't figure them out. They are now 1-3. and three. And here's the thing. The names are all still there, right? Ryan, Julio, Freeman. So at what point? Does it start looking at the coach? Now, I'm not going to be Booger McFarlane and start talking about how people need to get fired. But, like, I can't figure them out. I do know that, you know, they tried to address their offensive line issues and their two first-round picks got hurt. 
I know that they tried to get Sarkeesian out of there, and now they have Cutter back. All of those guys are still there, but it's just not working. I am officially off the Atlanta Falcons. I can't figure them out. They're this team that should be good, but just for some reason is not. I'm going to need to wait and see it before I put my money behind it. Two other things I got right. Danny, get the drop ready. I told you our guy with the cutting of C.J. Anderson was a new bell cow. It didn't work out that great last week when he only had 20 carries for 36 yards or someone, but yesterday... 26 carries, 125 yards, and two catches for another 32. Over 155 scrimmage yards, people. And by the way, here's the best part. Over the last two weeks, the only running back in the NFL to touch it more than my guy has been Christian McCaffrey. This is a volume game, and he is now becoming a workload. Todd Gurley, y'all thought he was a workload? I said he wasn't. Damian Williams, you were like, oh, first-round pick. He thought he was a workhorse. I said he wasn't. Some of these guys are not workhorses, and now our guy is Danny. Play the drop. Carry on. Carry on, carry on. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Only Christian McCaffrey has more touches than carry on over the last couple of weeks. And if you saw the way they want to play, I think that will continue. So, uh, Mendo, call my guys Fugazis, but I think they're trending in the right direction. And if you give my guy 20 and then 26 carries in two weeks in a row, more than Derrick Henry, more than Zeke Elliott, more than Leonard Fournette who went off yesterday, I will take what I get in that offense. And here's the other thing. I told you about a prop bet that was going to happen in Buffalo, right? And Jennifer Henderson, you know, I, I, you got to love her. On my Patreon, she's like, oh, my God, I hope that doesn't happen. And I was like, Jennifer, no, no, no. We have the inside track. You hope it does happen so you can bet it. And we talked about it. It's a commercial on the, net, on the network. Danny, put up the screen. Put up the picture. What do we got here? All right, how hard could it be for us to find out if there was a damn dildo thrown on the field in Buffalo, people? All right, and then check out what this guy Joe says on the bottom. There's video of a ref kicking the white dildo out the end of the end zone. Okay, I am trying to find this, people, okay? If anybody can find actual proof, because there's a lot of people. Joe Ranieri this morning said it went down. I need proof. That's why they're not paying out the bet yet in a lot of places, because they don't know. They don't have all the proof that they need. So if you have proof that there was... A device thrown on the field in this Bills-Pats game. Let me know. All right, all right. let's go to the uh, wild card. But I was right about that one, by the way, guys. It happened. Okay, multiple reports that there were multiple ones thrown pregame, dildos on the field during the game. Of course, the TV's not going to cut to it, but I think we went cha-ching, Jenny Henderson. All right, um, waiver wire. All right, waiver wire. At the running back position, okay, at, Ronald Jones is only 43%. All right, I'm texting right now. You can see I got text messages from who? If you zoom in on that, go ahead, go ahead, zoom in on that, guys. Who's the person with, with three text messages hitting me back? Who is that? Oh, get the pen. Get the pen. It's Chris Ventra. It's Chris Ventra hitting me back. All right, it's Ventra hitting me back because I'm like free Rojo. I'm like free Rojo. It's Chris. I feel like Rudy Giuliani showing my cell phone and text messages to the people. Don't worry about it. It's Ventra. All right. You can zoom out. And I'm like, yo, free Rojo because Ronald Jones is only owned in 43% of leagues and you can still grab him. I say do it. His carries and touches will only go up and Peyton Barber's just a guy. All right. His are only going to go down at 43%. Yes, I will do it. Um, Jordan Howard, 56% owned. He had three touchdowns on Thursday. I don't think he's going to be doing all that, but he does have a piece in this offense. All right, so if you need a back, if a back's on bye, our guy carry-on's on bye, you're still missing out with Saquon or some others. 
Um, Chris Thompson is 66. He's owning two-thirds of leagues, a third of you. If you are in a PPR league and Chris Thompson is available, run right now and go pick him up. The, the Washington football team is going to be losing games down in the half. Adrian Peterson will not be on the field. It'll be Chris Thompson. Go get Chris Thompson if you haven't already done so. I don't buy into Frank Gore at 58%, although we tip our cap. He's going to be like third in the NFL all-time in rushing. We praise the man, but I don't want him on a week-to-week basis, especially with Singletary coming back. Um... The other guy is, listen, a guy's coming back who had a bye this week, had a high ankle sprain after week one. It's now week five, four weeks later. Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman is owned in 60 to 65% of leagues, about a third of leagues. I think he's worth a check. The Niners want to run. I know it's crowded there with most start, with Breida, but they signed Coleman, okay, this offseason. They have plans for Coleman. He knows that system, okay? If you need a running back, I don't think that's a bad ad, whether he plays this week or you have him for the future. And one other guy, I mentioned it before. I said it at the top. Jay Ajayi, he's proving himself. He's saying he's healthy. All right, he's going to be on a roster in two weeks, people, if you want to get ahead of it and you really need that stash, go right ahead. So I like Jones, Coleman, Howard, Thompson, and Ajayi. I'm off Gore. And honestly, I mean, Wayne Gallman had a great day, but I don't know that I'm on that because Saquon's talking about he wants to beat his four-week timeline. So we shall see. At the wide receiver position, all right? At the wide receiver position, listen, Golden Tate is owned in 49% of leagues. That's half of leagues. When people dropped Golden Tate with the suspension and all that, they thought this offense was going to be quarterbacked by Eli Manning. Now with Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes under center, might you think a little bit differently about what Golden Tate could do in that offense as a security blanket and as a short kind of guy in the short routes? I think he's viable. All right, that offense is a lot better than it was three weeks ago. He's unowned in half of leagues. I say with his suspension now up, go out and get him. Cortland Sutton is only owned in 54% of leagues. About half you can get him. Over the course of the last four weeks this season, he has... He's averaging eight targets a game. I know people like Manny Sanders. I was wrong about Deshaun Hamilton. Cortland Sutton had a big game yesterday, but I think he is the ascending wide receiver there in Baltimore. I mean, excuse me, in Denver. A lot of people love Tennessee Titans' A.J. Brown, who went off last week and is a very heavily added guy. He's owned in 10% of leagues. I say no to A.J. Brown. The reason I'm not on him is I still don't trust Marcus Mariota. To me, Marcus Mariota is like the real Slim Shady. Will the real Slim Shady, please stand up. That's the way I feel about Mariota and this Tennessee offense. Even on games when they're on, there's still Corey Davis. There's still Delaney Walker. They still run it with Derrick Henry. I don't know that there's enough to go around there for a full-on fantasy herd. I think A.J. Brown had his best day of the season yesterday, so I don't know if you want to chase those points because then the points start running away from you. All right. However, I just talked about Tevin Coleman on a bye, right, and coming back. There's a team, the Jets were also on a bye. The Jets have looked like dog poo the last few weeks, but that was because Luke Falk was their quarterback. Sam Darnold is coming back soon, whether that's next week or the week after that. Robbie Anderson, 63% owned, worth a check. Jamison Crowder, 45% owned. The same Jamison Crowder that when Sam Darnold was there in week one, he had 14 catches, worth a check. This Jets offense is going to look different when Sam Darnold is back there. Oh, and by the way, they're not playing against the damn New England Patriots, okay? Don't be too twisted. And the number one wide receiver out there that's, I mean, not one by one, but the other wide out ad, Gabe Morency is all over this guy every single week on his prop bets. Cole Beasley, guys, is only owned in 12% of leagues. And he had nine targets week one, 10 targets week three, 
15 targets yesterday. That is a safe floor when the buys are coming up. I know buys are coming up. The Lions have buys, right? You may have a Marvin Jones. You may have a Kenny Galladay. Cole Beasley, I think, is a nice safe floor target for these bye weeks, only owned in 12% of leagues. At the tight end position, I only got a minute left. I told you about Robbie Anderson and Jameson Crowder. Well, uh, Chris Herndon's suspension is going to be up pretty soon, too. And at only 36% owned, Jimmy Graham is very interesting to me. He was getting involved in the offense on Thursday night. Oh, and by the way, word is coming out that Devontae Adams does not look like he's going to go this week for the Green Bay Packers. That means more opportunity for Jimmy Graham at only 36%. If he's unowned in your league, he may be worth it because tight end has been a dumpster fire. All right, Danny, let's open the phone lines for the last segment. The number to call is 844-843-6879. If you want to talk to the spitting statistician, we put the fun and functional sports content. We break down Monday Night Football. We take a look at the stats over Beats League. We take your calls and questions, all that and more. It's episode 404 of the Fantasy Freestyle. Two-time nominee. You know what it is with the spitting statistician. Dilly Dilly. Come on right back. You heard? Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back. Fantasy Freestyle episode 404. I got a question from Fuki Buki in the chat room. Has an embarrassment of riches at tight end. Has George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Will Disley. Wants to know who should he move or for value. And uh, I think that's the order of how much I would like them rest of season. Okay, Kittle, then Waller, then Disley. And honestly, I would not move Kittle. You know why? He's already gotten through his bye. Okay, you don't have to worry about another bye week out of Kittle. All right, so for me, it would be see what I could get for Waller or Disley. These are guys who are performing right now as tight ends like four, five, or six, depending on your settings. I would not, I would keep Kittle because he just got through his bye. I would look to move either uh, Waller or Disley. I also uh, texted Chris Ventra back over the break, and I was like, yo, what's up? What it was, we were playing against each other this week in Greenwich Street Tavern, the Expert League, and I, um, I took him down. I took him down. I beat him, but it was a close one. Not a game of inches, but a close one. We both put up decent numbers. I put up 159.25. He put up 151.95. Needed more out of Michael Thomas as his last shot at me last night. He needed like 28. He got like 18. Didn't work out for him, but I digress. So that's what we were talking about. Um, what are you going to do, right? Excuse me. All right, so let's break it down. Let's see if we got some callers. Remember, if you want to holler at me, we got uh, you want to talk about the spitting statistician, what's going on here for week uh, four, Monday Night Football, waivers, anything like that. We could do it, 844-843-6879. Before we get into Monday Night Football, Danny, I need you, my friend. We got to talk stats over beats for a second. Danny, are you with me? You know I'm here. All right, so, Danny, we've had some interesting (laughs) things going on. Yeah, you see how I, it's the cough button for a reason, Danny. It's called the cough button. We got some interesting things here in our league. First of all, I'm not counting any chickens before they hatch. I'm playing um, the Thunder Down Under, the Australian team. I am 92% likely to win. Okay, I'm done. Uh, Down Under still has James Conner, but I'm up by like 31 points, so I feel good about that. And if you're not in the league, then the first place team played the second place team. 
uh, this weekend. And the second place team won, and the second place team is likely going to be now in first place. And everybody, I kid you not, the den mother of the stats over beat Cypher, Jilly Dilly, taking out Young Kaz, 137-103. She is now sitting at 3-1 and one and with the point total. I will say this, though. All right, there is a chance that my man Tampa picks six. Remember John G, Danny? He was here with us. I do. On set. There's a chance because he still has a player left to go. Um, he is going to win as well, it looks like. If you look at the uh, stat, if you look at the scores and stuff, it looks like John G in the Tampa Pick 6 is going to get a big W. And he still has, who does he still have left tonight? He still has a Pittsburgh defense. And if he gets like 15 or so points out of Pittsburgh defense, he can overtake Jilly Dilly for the one spot. I feel good. But you know what's interesting Danny, it seems like James Conner is the name everybody needs, right? Um, my opponent in this league has James Conner. My opponent in another league. I'm in the pit, pit of misery here at the staff league. I'm playing Jim Day this week. Jim Day has Connor, I believe, and needs uh, some points against me or else he's going to go down. My long dynasty home league, I uh, have the only player left, James Conner. I'm down eight in a PPR league. Danny, you still need something out of Connor too, right? I do in in you my other league. My your other league. What you need in your other league? I need at least two points. <laughs> I think you're Connor. safe. I think you're safe. Okay, instead of unless there's not knock on wood, you know, some kind of horrible injury that'll eviscerate everybody's fantasy hopes. But um, I think you're safe in that. You're uh, in the stats over beats league. I think it's interesting for you, Danny. It looks like you got no shot. It looks because you're down by 44 points. Okay, who are you playing this week, um, Danny? You would oh. Yeah, Jeremy McMahon. You are down by like 40-some-odd points to Team Enhanced. But tonight you have Juju Smith-Schuster going and Joe Mixon. Right there, that could be 30 points, 15 each. That's definitely viable. But wait, you also have John Ross. That could be 10 points getting you to 40. But wait, you also have Tyler Eifert. Oh, um, I think you could do it, Danny. What do you, let me know what y'all think. Stats over beat Cypher in the chat room. He's down by 44, 43, but he's got Juju and Mixon and Ross and Eifert. Danny, are you confident you can make this happen? I don't know. I'm going to be sitting down here with my fingers crossed the entire game. Though. Yeah. I hear that. I'm going to be cheering for you. All right. I'm going to be cheering with you because also, uh, you know, um, because, you know, Jeremy McMahon out there who you're playing, he, uh, He's, you know, we could put him to bed. He's already like one and two. You give him another loss, they could start falling by the wayside, not managing as much. You know what I mean? So maybe you can get a W. That would put you, Danny, if you get that W, you would go to three and one on the season here. Uh, it looks like Speeds is going to get to two and two. Mendo also looks like he'll be at two and two. But, you know, I digress. We'll see what's going up for that. Uh, Danny, who do you like tonight? Uh, Steelers, Bengals. What do you think is going to happen tonight? It's, I mean, do I want the Steelers to to do to score a lot more so my uh so all of our fantasy teams do better or maybe uh, I don't know like I mean I guess I'm going to go with the Steelers I I need I need a big game from Juju and Connor 
Okay. All right, so you like Pittsburgh to win this game, all right? So let's look forward, and then I know I think we got one or two people on the phone lines. Let's talk about uh, my take on Monday Night Football, then we'll answer some other people's questions because I know some people want to get, uh, you know, what the spitting statistician has out there. I was hitting you up on prop bets. I told you on Thursday my leading indicator would be Jacksonville, the home defense. That was right, the prop bets uh, on last week on, Mon- on Thursday. I've been giving you out winners. I've been giving you out prop bets. Remember to always hit me up on Patreon. Hit me up on Twitter as well. That poll question is real interesting. We'll recap that a little bit later on as well. Thank you to the over hundreds of people who have voted in literally just the last hour or hour and a half. We appreciate that. All right. Danny, the Steelers are three and a half point favorites at home against Cincinnati. The total is 40. It's hovering between 44 and a half, 45 and a half. Let me tell you something. I think, you know, a lot of people saw in week four people looking different against different competition. Looking different against different competition. That's what I think is the main narrative here. Looking different against different competition. The Pittsburgh Steelers, especially specifically their running game and James Conner. The game script was gone week one against New England, okay? They were down like 30 to nothing. If you remember that. So James Conner was not on the field. They weren't trying to run anymore because they got boat raced. Okay. That's my excuse for James Conner in week one. In week three, these Steelers played the San Francisco 49ers. At this point, people realize the Niners front seven in defense and run defense is actually good. So I think you get, he gets a pass for me. And it's not like it was a horrible game either. Okay. It's not like this was some horrible, horrible game. He had week three. I mean... Listen, I'm looking at it right now. You know, he had the 43 yards rushing on only 13 carries. Also did a little bit of work in the passing game. Yeah, you want to see more, but he's end zone dependent. Then week two against Seattle, where they lose their starting quarterback, Big Ben, in the middle of the game and have to bring in Mason Rudolph. He gets you 13, 14 points because he gets in the end zone. James Conner I'm talking about. Now, back home. On Monday night, with an offensive line that's hearing the whispers about how they're not good anymore, even though Pouncey and Villanueva and DeCastro are all still there, against the team that is 31st in the NFL against the run. Let me say that again. The Bengals are 31st in the NFL against the run. I thought the Packers had a good defense. They didn't have a great run defense. Philly did work against them. Remember what San Francisco did on the run against these Cincinnati Bengals? That was the day where Matt Breida and Raheem Mostart and Jeff Wilson went off. They ran for over 200 yards against them. I think we're going to see that Pittsburgh looks just fine running the ball against that kind of run defense. The same way we saw this happen a little bit on Thursday Night Football. I think we're going to see the Pittsburgh Steelers find success in the run game. I think James Conner is a decent prop bet. I know that James Conner, so far this year, has run for 21, 33, and 43 yards. Okay? His prop bet this week, when I got it, stood at 69 yards. I think against this defense, he will go over. Pittsburgh will run the ball well tonight on a path to victory. I'll say it again. Pittsburgh will run the ball well tonight on their way to victory. Give me the Connor props at over 69 and a half. Look, 
Dallas scored over 30 points for three weeks in a row against like New York Giants, Washington, right? Then they play New Orleans. It looks a lot different. I think the inverse happens for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense and specifically their run game. I like Pittsburgh to win this game outright. The three and a half to four, it scares me about the hook. Give me Pittsburgh money line, which is at minus 170. Give me James Conner prop bets over 69 and a half rushing yards. That's the way I think this one plays out. I like James Conner tonight. And boy, if that's not a transition to end our show right now. Connor in Tampa, I know he was down. No rapping today, Connor. You got to feel better about Jameis and the crew going to Los Angeles. I hope things are on the up and up with you. I think they're on the up and up with James Connor. We, we now take a call from Connor in Tampa. What's going on, brother man? Yeah, how you doing? Um, we should we should be three and one right now, but of course our kicker missed that damn field goal last week. Yeah, I hear up, that. I hear that. Two and two, we still got a chance of the playoffs. Yeah, man, we're looking up, like you said. Yeah, but um, we'd like better tonight between Joe Mixon or James Conner for the showdown slate. Tonight, I think it's Mixon because here's the thing: I think the game script will be in Pittsburgh's favor, Connor. I think the game script will be with Pittsburgh winning. I think Giovanni Bernard might be on the field a little bit as they look to play out of the shotgun and throwing the ball a little bit more in the second half. When I see backs that are the caliber of Mixon and Connor, I look to the game script. And Connor, I think Pittsburgh is going to win this game and be up. So I think Connor's running the ball, and since he's passing the ball, that's my more simplistic in a minute way. Of telling you why I would rather Connor than Mixon tonight. What else you got? Okay, and um, for the waivers, for the waivers yeah. for this week, um, so I got Paul Richardson. Um, I'm on my team right now. Yeah. Um, would you rather jump in for AJ for AJ Brown or Devontae Parker? Yeah, so I mentioned that I'm not big on A.J. Brown. I think that was a one-shot kind of thing. Devontae Parker is a little bit interesting. You know at least they're going to be down and throwing in games, right? And so I hear you, the Paul Richardson thing. You know, I mean, part of me, I would say you may want to hold on to them, but not against New England next week, right, and Stephon Gilmore. So if Parker is out there, I'm okay with it for Parker. I also mentioned some other guys. Remember, some of these Jets coming back, maybe if Sam Darnold is back as quarterback, guys like Jameson Crowder, Robbie Anderson may be available in your league. I don't know if they are. Other people that I gave out earlier in the show, Cortland Sutton only owned in 54%. Cole Beasley is a guy to consider as well that I would have over Paul Richardson at this point. Thanks for the call, as always, Connor. I only got a minute left. I got to get us out. But uh, you're right. Tampa looking better, and I hope you're on the up and up as well, brother man. Uh, Yeah, I would make those waiver moves. Thanks for the call. All right. So, like I said, people, all right, I've got Pittsburgh winning the game outright. I got the overs on the James Conner props, mostly because I think Cincinnati shows himself to be closer to Washington and Miami than some of these teams that are bouncing back. I don't. I think they maybe stay competitive for a half, but not for four quarters. I'm calling it something like 28-17 Pittsburgh. I like the over. I like Pittsburgh to win. I like James Conner. I'll be here for the first hour of the game talking about it with Gabe and Cam, and I'll be back on Thursday to preview week five to talk about any game of inches that can maybe beat Perry Ng, and maybe we'll have definitive word on any objects thrown on the field in Buffalo by then. It's the Spitting Statistician. It'll be episode 405 on Thursday, but you can always catch me every morning breaking it down with my man Joe Ranieri, 7 to 9 a.m. on Make It Rain. That's what we do. We help you win your leagues and win that cash. I'm out. Peace. Hey, 
for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. When Drew Brees went down, first of all, everyone thought it was going to be six games. And what I heard everyone saying was, oh, if the Saints can go three and three, then they'll be fine, right? Just like you say, Teddy Bridgewater, keep him above water, can keep the ship going for a couple of games. It was supposed to be three and three. Well, guess what? They are now two and oh in those games against the Seahawks and the Cowboys, two teams that have NFC playoff designs of their own. And so, yeah, you got to figure the Saints are in good shape right now even though drew Brees is on the sidelines saints won the yardage battle they also won the third down percentage and they won the turnover battle three and one oh yeah they outrushed them 117 to 45 when you continue to outplay and and again this is a great reminder that the nfl is about three phases guys it ain't about one i know we spend all the time talking about offense and scoring and scoring But you can minimize some of the losses offensively uh, when you have the other two facets of your game. If you're beating the other team, if you're out rushing them, you're winning the turnover battle and you are out, uh, out, you know, putting up more yards no matter how ugly. Guess what? You're going to win football games. Does anybody think the New England Patriots won yesterday because of Tom Brady? No, New England won because they by far have the best defense, a block punt, special teams, defense, that wins games. That's enough in this NFL to be able to win games. And I got to tell you, man, yesterday was one of every game, Dane, that we watched. Every game. The sloppiest. It's as if the defenses, all they do these days is go to punch balls out. I'm watching quarterbacks get strip sacked. Kyle Allen, great job, by the way, Carolina. Uh, for picking up after his ridiculous fumbled three times. The dude fumbled three times because he would he doesn't understand how to hold on to the ball. Kurt Cousins fumbled three times in that game against Chicago. Every time I'm turning around, Kansas City takes a 99-yard fumble uh, all the way to the house. It was like fumble, fumble, fumble. That's another one that they let it go, right? They let the play go so they could replay it, and then the call on the field stands. I'm all right with that. The inadvertent whistles are the death of the NFL. I'm okay with it. I'm just saying it's a thing that's happening. That's the way they're calling it now. Yeah, and that's the way they're doing it. They're they're calling it that way because people aren't holding on to the damn ball. Like, if you hold on to the ball, we wouldn't have this problem. But quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, it's the sloppiest crap I've seen in week four, man. Hold on to the damn ball. Fumble drill all week.